And her efforts were acknowledged by Abraham Lincoln, who invited her to the White House. When the White yeah, House he should have been thanking her was good to go to for doing the work that he should have been fucking doing. Yeah, <laughs> that must have been a tense meeting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like I don't think he won people over with his personality right away. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Hey, welcome listeners to another episode of Hey You Know It. Um, And welcome to the first time listeners. Today we have a special episode, and the topic is women in history and the equality of women yeah so we're, we're talking about we're talking about women we're talking about ladies we're talking about danes we're talking about broads yes um i, I just want to kick off with why are women called broads yeah oh good you know and why is it kind of like a a negative unless yeah you're well so I, I love the word broad. I just like the way it sounds. And I think I have positive memories of watching old black and white movies okay. where the women would refer to each other as dames and broads. Yeah. You know, and they were usually, though, malls, right? The, the gun Yeah. And I didn't realize that. I just thought they were really classy white ladies <laughs> who had their hair laid. You know what I mean? I mean, because they were well-dressed in these films. Yes, yes. Even yeah. if you were just, you know, a mall. Like you still, your man brought you some good, yeah. <laughs> some good outfits. Well, that's, you took care of yourself, you know. That's what the the clothing though, the costuming in those days, tailored and really specific. Yes. Super classic. Okay, but anyway. I didn't know that. You know, I thought, oh, this is how they do these broads. These broads are all right. So I thought when I grow up, I'm going to be a broad. Screw <laughs> being a lady. Their feet are small and they try to shove them into even smaller shoes, you know. Um, so broad as referring to a woman rather than something that's wide, it's not really clear where, um, you know, what the etymology of it is. It used to refer to in the earliest, in the early 20th century. So it's pretty recent. It just referenced that a woman had broad hips. What? Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't really positive or negative. That's what they think. Or there's an American English word um, called a broad wife. It's one word, a broad wife which is a term for a slave woman oh, or a woman who is just separated from her husband. So either a a woman who was enslaved and not free or a woman who was free or or just talking about hips. So like, instead of calling it like, Hey, uh, you know, has some, it, some guys would call a woman a skirt. Yeah. A skirt. That kind of thing. It's a broad. So another theory is that it came from the slang term for ticket, like a train ticket a sporting event ticket. Um, this became popular in the 19, around 1912, 1914, because they were using it to refer to a pimp's meal ticket. Oh. So a prostitute. Okay. It's a broad okay. ticket. A way for a man to get food, basically, which is a pimp is a, is a man who lives off of women. Yeah. Um, broad also had the... Uh, was linked to the word ticket because sometimes playing cards were called broads. I didn't know that. 
in the 18th century. So they, and a lot of tickets resemble playing, used to resemble playing cards. So that's the word broad. They're not a hundred percent sure where it came from, but over time it became less about being a derogatory term to being used as a synonym for just women okay, or woman. Right. Uh, And we see that in guys and dolls where a character refers to um, a woman as a broad and there's no negative connotations. Right. Um, In fact, Frank Sinatra said calling a girl a broad is far less coarse than calling her a dame. Really? Okay. So then what's a dame? So a dame comes from um, a term that you would use for someone who is either the mistress of the house and the mistress being a positive thing. Okay. Right. The wife or the mistress of the house uh, from the Latin domina, which means mistress of the house, dominating the house or the household um, as the same origins in Latin as domus meaning house and domestic. Okay. So a dame was just literally like the master, the mistress of the house. All right. Right. She was uh, the in the 13th century. Also, it was synonymous with a female ruler like sir. You know, so a dame is the equivalent of a sir. Okay. And looking at knighthood. Um, dame later on, they, people stopped using it maybe a century later and they started using the word lady. So um, the lady of the house. The lady of the house. Or like Lady Lady Elizabeth. Yeah. You know, and then as another century later, it was being used generically as a title for like any old housewife. So you didn't have to be rich. You didn't have to be uh, titled. So you were just a common, it was more like a, a common term. Is that why Frank Sinatra said it's coarse to say dame over? Yeah, because it doesn't have any, um, a dame is just like, yeah, a woman who is married and lives in a house. <laughs> right. And then eventually. So it's like it anybody becomes, at that point. Yeah, yeah, anybody. Anyone is. And then eventually it becomes synonymous with woman. Okay. Same way as broad. So you can call someone a dame nowadays or a broad nowadays. And there's really no negative connotations to it. Okay. I always um, thought and that, I like the way they sound. Yeah. But I always thought that broad had a negative connotation to it for some reason. I guess the way people said it in movies. Like, hey, it's broad over here. Yeah. Well, when they were saying in the movies, if the movies were. Uh, in the 19, you know, showing the 1920s, it was, it was negative. The broad is the meal ticket. Okay. But later on, it just becomes broad. Now the word slut, um, had positive connotations. Really? Somewhat positive connotations to start off with. So slut meant it just, well, not really positive, but it just meant someone who was messy. Slut. So like a slovenly kind of. Yeah, exactly. Slovenly. Okay. Um, untidy, dirty, uh, frequently used to talk about kitchen maids or servant girls. And, you know, they were dirty for, for other reasons other than their choice, right? They're cleaning up after people. Um, a slut hole was basically like a garbage can oh. in the late 1800s. Jeez. As in, there are a good many slut holes in London to rake out. Nothing about women, just saying, you know. Just saying it's a garbage hole. So now garbage then... Hole. So it turns into a derogatory thing, like mm-hmm. calling her a slut. And and then it became much later, it uh, is used to talk about a woman who's considered to be promiscuous. So that's much more recent. I see. Um, but it come, may have come from the German word schlut, 
meaning slovenly woman, or the Swedish slata, meaning an idle woman. Okay. So yeah, slut, dame, and broad. Oh, interesting. interesting. That I'm is happy that dame and broad turned out to be good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I can consider using those oh, those terms right. to describe my, my friends. Although some people take umbrage at, at being called ladies. So take umbrage at that? They don't like it. Some some younger women I've noticed don't really like it. So I'm like, okay, I won't use that. How about broads? And they haven't seemed to have a problem with that. Okay. But right, lady, is, lady is no good. Lady, uh, I'm hearing, maybe because of the connotation of like being ladylike and that kind of pigeonholing into what a woman should be. Right. Be quiet. Be polite. Don't yeah. take up too much room. But when that. I was growing up, lady was used by women talking to other women to get their attention. Like, look here, lady. Yeah. You know? Like, listen. Up. Yeah, it's more about a behavior than yeah. the gender. It's yeah. Um, there was a commercial in the seventies. I think Jacqueline Smith was. It was a perfume commercial, and she was, sounds like the seventies. She said, "Part of the art of being a woman is when to know how what? not to be too much of a lady or something." What? <laughs> that it just rolls off the tongue. Part of the something of being a, a part of woman the art of is, being a woman is and is when to, when, to, when to not be too much of a lady. Something. No, knowing when to know when to not be too much of a lady. It's like vitamin and vegetables. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's how. I think she had a couple of glasses of wine when she said it. It's a lot of editing. Not me. <laughs> Okay, so now that I've we've covered all words relating to women, what do you have? I have some actual information. Yeah, I do. I have women throughout history who famously fought for equality. I feel like I should have like a big sweeping open, like women throughout history. history. Yes, history. Uh, so um, I always we always think of Susan B. Anthony with the right to vote. Sure. Why not? Um, and then we've got Sojourner Truth. Hmm. So she was, um, she fearlessly fought for gender and racial equality. Um, I didn't realize that she, well, she was born into slavery mm-hmm. and she escaped with her daughter at the age of 29. Oh, I didn't know she was that old. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be honest. I often meld Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth together. I know other people do. They're just both so amazing. Yeah. But you learn about them in school always together. Right, right, right. They're all lumped in the same category. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, two black women. Yeah, abolitionists. You know. Yeah. So, but in 1828, she became the first black woman to win custody, um, a battle against a white man. And of she, herself? Yeah, her she child? was able to recover her son from slavery. So she's like, well, that they must have been pissed. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I like they're still angry and how amazing <laughs> was her argument for it at that right. time that she got her son back yeah and so she um well that explains the trump presidency right there <laughs> <laughs> right oh she delivered a speech called ain't i a woman that stirred the heart that oh, became yeah. widely used during the civil war era we used to have to learn parts of that when i was a kid it's a fun speech is it yeah i don't yeah i don't know it i have to look it up the refrain is, and like she lists things, and then she's like, "Ain't I a woman?" You know, it's it's a very 
beautiful lyrical it's definitely if you were doing um poetic if you were studying or you know oratory techniques and things like that yeah it's beautiful worth a look um she recruited black troops for the union army and attempted to secure land grants for former slaves yeah and then um and her efforts were acknowledged by abraham lincoln who invited her to the white house when the white house he should have been thanking her was good to go to for doing the work that he should have been fucking doing. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been a tense meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't think he won people over with his personality right away. Yeah. He was like, my height will get them. Her? <laughs> I mean, he's like, I'm tall. I don't know. I could see her bringing her own box to stand on. Like, I'm tall too. <laughs> What 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 do you got to say? You know what have you? Why are we gathered here? I need to be out freeing people and you know. Yeah. So let's see. We got Susan B. Anthony. Uh, she course, was a social yeah. activist and icon. Um, gave her a coin that you can't use anywhere. Right. She was raised by a family of Quakers. Yeah, I love the Quakers. Yeah, and she handed out anti-slavery petitions as a child and a teenager. She was like, "Look, yeah, Quakers always sticking it in the crawl of like." <laughs> A polite society. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. She was a lifelong supporter of gender and racial equality. And uh, they, they, when they were trying to get to the, uh, the vote for women, they said, well, uh, no more men should be allowed to vote until women and men of all races could also vote. So mm-hmm. voting should just stop. Um, they just wanted to pick up the ball and go away. Sound familiar? Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so finally, 1920, we got the right to vote. So late. No, 1920, I, I feel know, like. I know. It's ridiculous. Like, these, when, when people think about these things, it's not that long ago. Yeah, it, you know, you have to remember, like, a lot of the things that we enjoy now as women that we can do, like... Pants, for example. Wearing pants. Wearing um, pants. Living alone. Yep. Um, getting a credit card. Fraternizing. Credit card, with men. Right. Yeah, getting a credit card. My my mom, she told me, I think it was in, she couldn't get a loan. Yeah. Even though she was like, you know, gainfully employed working for the government. Yeah. But she couldn't get like a home loan or something bizarre like that yeah. on her own. Even, uh, yeah, like in the 60s, you couldn't get a credit card if unless your husband, if you were married, you had to be married and your husband had to open it up and then he handed yeah. it to you. Yes. So, I mean, like the financial freedoms that we have today, even though, uh, you know, there's the whole, there's so much surrounding it still. There's so many things that yeah. we enjoy that we never um, had because it, I mean, it was just not given to us. It was fought for. Yeah. Everything we have has been fought for. Yeah. No matter how meager it is, it was fought for. Right. Like, even if it's just the, like I said, the right to, to wear pants. Yeah. There were establishments that wouldn't let women in the door in pants. Yeah. Up until the seventies. Yeah. Yeah, I even remember working for uh, it was like a Marriott, you know, when I was in my twenties, and the uniform we had to wear. The women had to wear skirts, and I was like, I don't want to wear a skirt. I'm I'm waiting tables. I don't. Yeah. I want to wear pants, and it was like a big deal. They're like, you know, no, women have to wear skirts. At the schools that I went to, a couple of private schools, if you wanted to wear pants, you had to wear a jacket, like a suit jacket. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my god! Like you still, you can still discriminate against me. Without the jacket. Yeah. You know, like you can still, you can still mistreat me and treat me like a second class citizen. I just want to wear some pants. Then we've got Ida B. Wells, who was the founding member of the NAACP. 
Yeah. Um, and so she also was born into slavery and she lost, uh, she lost most of her family to yellow fever when she was 16. She was on her own. Wow. Um, so she traveled, she worked as a teacher and investigative reporter, documented lynchings and racial violence. Can you imagine doing that work then? I mean, it's difficult to be a reporter now, to be a female reporter, to be a reporter of color. Yeah. But back then? Oh, my God. And how people were, like, she could do something that a lot of people couldn't do back then, which was read and write. Yeah. And they're probably still mistreating her. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with that stick in your hand? <laughs> scratching it across. <laughs> scratching it across that bark. It's like, really, dude? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. The indignities. Uh, next up is Frida Kahlo. Um, yeah. and she used, and why she's a standout, she used her art to express taboo subjects surrounding women. So, uh, like pain. she, to show her strong support for the Mexican revolution, she claimed her birthday to be three years later. So people would associate her with the revolution. Wow. So I didn't know she was that into it. Yeah. I watched the film. I read a little bit about her. She was very popular in... When I was in high school. Yeah, because she was um, she was an openly bisexual woman and made no excuses or apologies. She didn't hide it. She just went and did. Yeah, and she was dating that pig, though. Yeah, that. Diego Rivera. Yeah. I remember when I when I started to do a little research on her, her I was like, ah, oh, really? This guy? Yeah. I mean, he looks like frog and toad. <laughs> he, does. he totally <laughs> does. And I'm sure, I mean, he must have been, he was also a philanderer. Like there was just not, I'm like, did he have syphilis as well? You know what I mean? It's like, I couldn't find anything redeeming and she was such an awesome person. Yeah. But Um, you can take comfort in the fact that she went out and did whatever she wanted to do. Oh, for sure. But I was like, why, you know, any moment that she spent with him was a waste of her time in my mind. Yeah. Um, so but her, I, lo- I loved her work and it was the first time going to a museum and seeing it pretty much not, it wasn't a women's museum, but it was devoted mostly to, a, to her. Yeah. And that was pretty em- empowering for me. Yeah. Her topics, these taboo topics included abortion, miscarriage, birth, breastfeeding, among other things. And so her work opened up conversation about it, which, um, yeah. But Diego Rivera, they were they had a, they were politically active, and they both yes. raised money together um, to fight the forces in the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. So it's a nice list of people. Yeah, there's there's more, um, but I think that well, you got Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course. RBG. Who doesn't know about the notorious RBG? Yeah. Um, so she began her career as a young lawyer. And she fought laws that discriminate on the base of gender. And that's what, that's what she's been doing her whole life. Her whole I life. always forget about the other uh, Kagan. Uh, the other, the, the other female justice. Uh, yeah. No one talks about her. No, she needs. To, um... I think it maybe it's hard because they have uh, RBG and she's just such a, a figure and she's become really a pop cultural icon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I totally forgot about Kagan. Yeah. So she said that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said the number of women who have come forward as a re- the result of a, as a result of the Me Too movement has been astonishing, mm-hmm. um, and her hope is that it's here to stay. But it's and it, it's effective for women who work as a maid as, in a hotel as well as Hollywood stars. Yes, let's hope. Yes, 
then and that's why she's awesome. And then we got, you know, of course, Gloria Steinem. Yes. Controversial. Yes. Figure. Yes. Um, um, but she's modern. So of course that's going to happen. But right? she talks about how, like, it, I, I like her. I, I like her books. Um, no, I like her too, but. Yeah. So you know. she's with her controversy. So she's basically, you know, started the women's movement in the sixties and seventies, the feminist movement. Um, and her controversies where she had criticism for the LBGTQ community in the late seventies yeah. for her disapproval of the tennis player, Renee Richards, sex reassignment surgery. Yeah. But she later clarified her remarks at the time when she knew little about transgender experience. And she has said as of 2013, that transgender lives should be celebrated, not questioned, which, you know what? I think everybody learns <laughs> yeah it was also it was the 70s like that was um it was something that people didn't really not only did they not understand it they didn't know what it was yeah you, nobody transgender. i mean there was not a lot of like reference to it and anymore. there was no way to find out right unless you knew someone who was having a reassignment or were a part of a community in which there were people who were you know, talking about that kind of stuff, you, it's not something that would come up. It wouldn't come up. Right. And it was also illegal. There were laws against yes, it. Yes, it was you, taboo. You could lose your job. You could be yeah. put in jail. So you're not really going to talk openly about this kind of thing. No. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things like, I, I guess that's where we, was it the Maya Angelou quote was like, do your best until you yeah. know better and then do better. Yeah. Um, I think also did Gloria Steinem have some pushback from uh, the lesbian community and I think also maybe women of color for not being included. But now we realize, you know, we know what intersectionality is. Right. Yes. She didn't really realize the intersectional feminist approach. Yeah. And she's like, of course, you know, it's inclusive of all races, classes and identities. But she did go undercover at the Playboy Club. She did. Yes. <laughs> she right. She got a, a job as yes. a Playboy bunny serving drinks and wearing the whole the get up. Um, oh, my God. That must have been something. And but she I read her book. And I, she said that they had to walk and serve the drinks a certain way. They had to when they. You couldn't just bend down and put the drinks down on the table. You had to dip your knees. Your back had to be arched. So your breasts were forward and your, your backside was out. And then put the drinks. Try to do that. Now put a drink down and hold it. All I can think it is healed. that if, if you're being served like that regularly, you have no choice to become, but to become a monster. Yeah. If that's, do you know what I mean? If that's, if that's what you're being exposed to as this is how a woman serves a drink. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I serve a drink. It's not pretty. It'll get me fired. But, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre. Like, who did those people think they were, you know, in those clubs? It's absolutely ridiculous. Whose idea was that? The whole yeah. thing is ridiculous. They were supposed to open up a Playboy club in the city again, right before COVID. And, you know, I talked to a bunch of my male friends who are straight, and they were like, mm, no, tone deaf. Not, you know, it, that's not the the... The era for that is gone. The, those kinds of clubs are gone? Like the, yeah. the era? And the, and the men I talked to didn't seem to be interested in seeing a woman dressed like a bunny <laughs> serving them, <laughs> you know, serving them drinks in a club with a bunch of other men. Wow. No, people want, if you want to see, if you want to go to a gentleman's club, now you want to see some nice pole dancing. You know what I mean? You want to see more. Right. You want to see athletes. 
yeah up there. You want to see some some movement. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising. I came across some vintage Playboy magazines cleaning out wow. somebody's attic. And um, any famous people? You know what? It was the Marilyn Monroe issue, but with the centerfold gone. <laughs> so the magazine is like worthless. I was just like, That's oh, this the is the worst. You know, Aww. but like going looking at some of these articles, it's like totally racist. And, oh, of course. Ah, yeesh. it was interesting. And people love Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Um, if if you're intra, if it's an issue of like free speech and open sexuality, there are so many better icons to go to than Hugh Hefner. But <laughs> that's where we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, pass. Exactly. Um. Cool. So I have a, a thing here as some synonyms and antonyms. Actually, I'll just do the synonyms for disagreeable woman. Okay. A disagreeable um, woman. Nobody ever a says, disagreeable woman. You're just yeah. being disagreeable. Yeah. What are you? You can be a disagreeable person. I put that, they put that in there. A shrew, mm-hmm. a hellcat. I think a hellcat is nice. Yeah. If someone called me a Hellcat, I'd be like, hell yeah, Hellcat. <laughs> you know, it's cool. Yeah, right. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm wearing leather. I'm ripping it up. Right. You got you the nails. Yeah. Got, yeah. That's. I'm probably wearing one of those German motorcycle helmets, although I shouldn't. But yeah. like, I'm a Hellcat. I don't care about your concerns about, you know. <laughs> about my headwear. Yeah. I'm doing my own thing. Um, a bag. A bag. Like an old bag. All right, the old bag, yeah. No one says that anymore. A dragon, again, thumbs up. Okay. Um, a cow. Yeah, that's more British, right? Yeah. A vixen. Again, this is a good thing in my mind. I thought a vixen, vixen was a good thing, like a sexy... No. Yeah, me too. A uh, she-devil. A she-devil. We know that's good. Yeah, I like that. A frump. No. That's more like just dowdy. Yeah. Um, a harpy. Uh, yes. Really, I use this term when I'm really upset with a woman. <laughs> harpy. Harpy. Uh, I think that I've called Sarah Jessica Parker harpy. Not in person, obviously. Uh, maybe Goop, that woman. Oh, the Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, it's And then here's two that I didn't know. Tartar. Tartar. Really? I didn't know. Yes. Tartar and Termagant. No. Yeah, so there are other other ways to address the disagreeable woman other than disagreeable woman. I like Hellcat. I think Vixen is good. Um, She-Devil, Dragon, and Harpy. But Tartar, I'd never heard it before. That's a word that you could get away with because no one knows what it is. That's right. Yeah, you could say that and it would... You could say you were, she was such a Tartar. <laughs> I, I'll tell you something. Um, in college, uh, I had a nickname and I was the Shrew. I was the ice queen. Wait, no, that was in boarding school. You were the ice queen? That's what I heard. People said they called me the ice queen. I'm like, I would have been all right with that. Yeah, that's cool. I I would like to call you ice queen. Can I call you that? I don't think it, they were trying to be cool. But I think it's a cool name. <laughs> I do too. So why were you called the shrew? You don't have a high voice. Well, because we were reading um, The Taming of the Shrew. And, the, okay. she, and her name is Catherine, which is my name. <gasps> Uh, and I was so gonna say you nailed the part. My friends wrote on a piece of notebook paper "shrew" and held it up right at my face and was like, "That's your name now." And it was for the rest of the year, "shrew." And it was wow. 
just one guy. It's not a big deal. Okay. Not everybody. <laughs> I'm just imagining you walking across the quad with like a Jan Sport backpack. Yeah, right. Here comes the shrew. Here are tree torns. Like, hey, shrew, what's up? You're like, no problem. Yeah. I'm here. Chilling. Yeah. I'm here. Uh, yeah. But I like that. Yeah. The shrew, I'm gonna, ice queen. What do you want? To, oh, Hellcat. That's what you want. Hellcat. Hellcat. Hell yeah. <laughs> is what I wanted to say. Hellcat, hell yeah. So I, um, that was short. I'm going to do another okay. segment if you don't mind. Go right we, we generally do penis news, but this is a women's podcast. That's right. Uh, so I'm doing vagina news. All right. First, yeah, first time ever vagina news. We're talking about the, uh, the vagina. This isn't that funny. This is like one of the first times we're talking about a vagina in vagina. Yeah. News. Um, so it's been big, almost 10 years, 10 years. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but yeah, still not officially. Yeah. Not as a segment. It's the JJ news. <laughs> um, so the big question everybody wants to know, same as with penis news, does size matter? Does size matter when it comes to a vagina? Does size matter when it comes to a it, vagina? Look, the vagina is elastic, people. Yes. They're saying here, according to Christine O'Connor, MD of Mercy Medical Center in Baltimore. What's up, Charm City? The vagina is small enough to hold a tampon, but can expand so that a child can pass through it. Definitely. A baby, not a child. <laughs> <laughs> a child upright can walk through it. Yeah, but the wish is that child can pass through, like just eh, passing pass through. They're breezy. Yeah. The walls of the vagina are similar to those of the stomach. They have rugae, meaning they can fold together to collapse when unused and then expand when necessary. Is that what my stomach's doing too? Yes. I, I learned something about my stomach what is by that reading this. The digestive juices go. Oh. I don't know. You know what? Can can they fold up a little smaller in the summertime? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? But back it's to a, the vagina. Back to the vagina. It doesn't stay one size. It changes to accommodate whatever's going on at the time. All right. So whatever whatever's happening, the vagina is ready. Um, they of course there were some there are some measurements that they use to try to come up with like the average size vagina. Mm-hmm. So this is from Masters and Johnson's in nineteen sixty. Uh-huh. In the sixties. They only looked at a hundred vaginas. What? And measured them. They measured the vaginas of women who had never been pregnant. Okay. It says here that the vaginas were unstimulated. So these were bored vaginas. <laughs> you know? We're not stimulated. So, okay. Yeah. It's like, eh. Um, I don't know how they weren't, if they were being measured. What, whatever. Uh, yeah. So according to the 100 vaginas they looked at, which is not very many considering how many there are walking around, they range from 2.75 inches to three and a quarter inches. Wait, two point. Say it again. Seven, five inches uh-huh. to three and a quarter inches. Just this is at rest. At rest. At rest. At rest. Um, when they're active, she's resting. Yes. When when woken, size increases to four point two five inches, from four point two five inches to four point seven five inches. So that's that's quite a lot. That is. You wake this thing up, you're getting another inch and a half right away. <laughs> Men. Men. Drawing back the curtains. Welcome. Yeah. And it says it doesn't, regardless of how long the thing is, it's important to know where the, you know, the good stuff is in the front, apparently. Yeah. Um, So they do say, though, if people are concerned about performance and enjoyment, you know, Kegel exercises, which most people are already aware of. Yeah. 
So yeah, does size matter? The answer is no. What does matter is desire, uh, satisfaction, communication, and health. That's what's important. So that's a vagina news. I never knew what the average size was. No. I wasn't wondering. But now you know, and now everybody knows. Yeah. I think I probably would have guessed about that. Yeah. I mean, it, you know. What are you going to say? <laughs> Two feet. Half, I don't know. Yeah. Six inches <laughs> on a good day, like at the start of the week. Six <laughs> By Friday, seven, seven and a half. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. So, vagina news. All right. You're listening to Hey You Know It with Jaquetta Sotmari and Katie Kazmir. We're telling you how it is and how it should be. Okay, so here I have a couple of things here. Um, like, if you want to bring about gender equality, you know, if okay. you're and I do anyone for any any person, um, okay. there's twelve small actions with big impact. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, hmm. from the Liberian women's sex strike paving the way for peace in the Icelandic Women Days off demanding economic equality. Um, to the impact of the Me Too movement, um, history has shown us that through collective activism, we can change things. And so it doesn't mean yes, we all that's have to- That's why they don't want you to learn anything about history. Yes. <laughs> but you don't Surprise. necessarily have to like get out in the streets and do things. We can, you can do things in your own home. You can just make small changes in your own life that would help. Okay. So first is share the care. So you've heard this saying, a woman's work is never done. Um, well, it's true because women take on three times more unpaid care and domestic work than men. That's yes. time and energy taken away from women to advance their careers, earn money, and enjoy leisure activities. And I do not do that. I'm, I've been all my entire life, I've always avoided being in the situation of having to give much more care than I can. Yes. Because I Good. see it all the time. Good. Because it's dudes can watch a kid too. Yeah, a man can watch a child if you're. And I can't stand that pretended. Oh, what? Oh, you know, or you do it better than me. No, Mm -hmm. you don't. I I don't do it better than you. Yeah. So commit. (laughs) So show you care, gentlemen. Commit to uh, evenly sharing household chores, parenting responsibilities, and other unpaid work. That's one thing. Like we'll hear fathers say, "Oh, I have to babysit." You're not babysitting. You're parenting. No. If you're not getting 15 bucks an hour and you're not like in middle school or high school, you're not babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> if, if it's you your make a child. It's your offspring. Yeah. You're not babysitting. So you can have a discussion and, and identify cares and needs of domestic responsibilities. Consider the strengths, your strengths when sharing uh, caregiving responsibilities. Lay out household activities through mm-hmm. a chores roster. You know, everything from setting the table, cooking, encouraging children of all genders to involve equality in a household it it matters so it's like not only just for the for the labor and freeing up time and you have to like model this behavior to others i think that's really important um i i I don't know how my friends handle it in their homes but it seems like their sons know what to do in a domestic setting yeah uh and that definitely comes from the home like you have to be shown that but it's it's hard though because even in our generation a lot of dudes just do not pull their weight at home and i don't know why it's not like we as women are better at turning on or off a vacuum cleaner 
or that we have some special skill with, um, you know, a bottle of spray and yeah. uh, mops. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, they just it, know that they're not expected to do it. And if they yeah. just don't, if they resist enough, that kind of passive, like, oh, you know, just like, I didn't even know I'm supposed to do it. Or they're, they have a tolerance for dirt. They know somebody else yes. will do it and they don't they care. They develop a tolerance for dirt. They don't care. And it's like, yeah. if you can, it's just like anything. If you care more than the other person, then you're going to end yeah. up doing whatever it is. I don't know how it's breaking down for young women. I, I, I hope maybe young women are developing a tolerance for dirt too. Yeah. We'll see how it plays <laughs> out. It could, that could be happening, you know? Right. Um, you can call out another thing to do is call out sexism and harassment um, yes. from catcalling to mansplaining to inappropriate sexual jokes. Women are faced with all kinds of sexist and disrespectful behaviors in public and private on a daily basis. It happens all the time. I like calling it out, especially if the, the woman who is being harassed is not in a position to do so. Like, so I don't work here. Your boss is being an asshole. I'm going to say something because you can't. Yeah. Yeah, right? Isn't that the way? You know, this no, I have nothing to lose, you know? So, Sometimes it's not always possible to speak up. Right. And, you know, challenge any stereotypical notions of gender, such as a woman should know her place and stop getting emotional. Oh, <laughs> stop getting... I, I Say it to a man. It's very funny. <laughs> no, you're... Just do, give, give a man that reaction. Be like, look, stop dude, being you're going to have to calm down, like... What the hell? Yeah, don't be you so know? emotional about it. Are you are you starting to tear up? Dude. <laughs> you know, maybe we can discuss this another time. Yeah. <laughs> when you're less emotional. Yeah. So when someone makes statements like that, that, you know, or they say the wage gap is a myth, you can, you know, squash that misinformation. Um, also, can I, I give another uh, pushback on that? Like if someone is mansplaining to you, just look above their head a little bit while they're doing it. Yeah. It's, it freaks people out. <laughs> look above their head. <laughs> yeah, just look slightly above their head while they're talking to you. Yeah, that's, you know, it's so Try interesting. It. <laughs> I, I realized, like, if you don't give guys, like, attention. Yep. They'll freak out. Yeah, they do freak out. All right. You can look above their head. Um, you can also, and this seems counterintuitive, you can move closer to them. They'll move back. You can brush them back from the plate that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start moving. Look above their head a couple of, and just slightly move towards them. No, nah, it'll disquiet them. <laughs> just um, saying. Demand an equal work culture. Um, uh, shop responsibly. We all know, like, you look for the places that have eco-friendly products. Um, yeah. And that are women owned, run by women owned business, that kind of thing. Like really the- easy to do now with the internet. I'm really happy about that. You can search for women owned businesses and there are aggregate sites that will lead you to women owned businesses. And I've tried to, I've been slowly, you know, cause we're stuck at home now. We're buying things online. I've been trying to not buy everything on Amazon. Right. Oh, God. And trying to buy it from, you know, women owned companies. Right. Right. Online. Um, exercise your political rights. Now everybody gets kind of nervous about this because like politics are so boring and they're so like, uh, you know, it's just, we have been taught and that they're confusing and they're, 
And it's not fun for a reason. So people will stay away from the voting booth. But whatever it is you're doing, it's not just get out and vote. Like if you're not registered, registered, register yourself. Like that's the first yeah, step. And find someone else who's not registered and help them get right. registered. And if you already are registered and if you vote, then take the next step, which is like, are you going to run for something or are you going to donate to a female candidate that is aligned with your values? Yeah. Support someone else. Yeah. You can, you know, talk to people about voting. You could take whatever, wherever you're at right now, just like kind of like extend your comfort zone a little bit and take the next step, whatever that may be for you. That's, there's also a lot of opportunities for people. Cause I think a lot of people get nervous that they're going to have to go door to door. And there are some people who are comfortable with that. Uh, but there are a lot of things you can do online as well. Right. In terms of fundraising and getting political, mm -hmm. if you're not the kind of person who feels comfortable knocking on doors. Right. Like you can you can write for a politician. You can, you know, help them organize their stuff online for donations. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah. Phone banks. Right. You can teach girls their worth um, instead of using words like little princess and vulnerable and bossy. You can, you know, talk more about their praise them for their intelligence, strength, leadership, athleticism and so much more. Um, you know, because we're using those terms often, you know, like, oh, you know, think about how, like, I want, I, what I try to do is, you know, look at the women in my life and talk about women in these yeah. more gender neutral, gender neutral terms, um, mm -hmm. just to, even in my small part of the world, just to have that language out there. Another thing that we don't talk about a lot is that we have to help or no we don't have to help anybody but challenge what it means to be a man yeah man up. i'd like to know man up boys don't cry boys will be boys and these traditional notions of masculinity uh, discourage boys and men later in life from openly openly communicating their feelings um i saw something that was so it was beautiful and sad at the same time there was an african-american um man who's doing photography of black men uh, in non-traditional, like, you know, being vulnerable. Yeah. Or like hanging out, having fun and, and doing things that for some reason, I guess a lot of people don't consider to be manly and don't consider to be black and manly. Yeah. And he put this out in public and I'm like, that's really sad that someone has to do that. Yeah. Right. That someone has to show that men can cry, that men are vulnerable, that men play that men have fun, that men embrace each other, you know, and not in a sexual way, just, you know, that, that men do still, that, that men do things that are silly. Yeah. Right. Like someone had to show evidence of that in order to start the conversation. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I wonder about relationships that men have when, when they are so closed off and when they have, I mean, there's healthy masculinity and then there's like the toxic masculinity, but if, a man has a narrow vision of women and is either just sexist or chauvinistic or misogynistic, whatever the case may be. What if he's like one of the, you know, as they call it, the good guys, you know, just because he's a little better, he's, he's not a rapist. Yeah. So he's now a good guy, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that's right. He hasn't raped anyone. So, so he's, he's one of the good ones. And so, yeah, you know, he's all. amazing. Let's carry him on our shoulders, you know, that kind of thing. But like, if they're, if, if men have these sexist notions and that's the ideas they have in their head and that's kind of like dictates the way that they behave and they're in a marriage, how great is that marriage? How happy yeah. are, is the wife really? 
And it may be like, look okay. And how happy is the dude? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I tend to think that they're not going to be happy either. Yeah. Cause they're not really living a rich, fully explored life. They could probably but be if, having, if you look down on your partner, how happy can you be? Yeah. You're only going to go so far. And if that's good enough, I don't know. I feel bad for you, you know, in yeah. that way. Good luck to you. Yes. Bro. So any case, what do you have? Um, I have, oh, so, so for the third time in less than a year, no, that's a t- terrible setup for this. No. So Megan MacArthur is the name of the astronaut who will pilot the new SpaceX crew Dragon spacecraft. Ooh, Dragon. There's that word. Yeah. Well, this is a uh, SpaceX. So this is our buddy, Elon Musk. Um, and so this woman is going to be piloting it. And she is, um, she's been up to the space station before she's 48 and she's going to be aboard the space station this time for six months. Oh my God. In 2009, she went up as a member of the space shuttle Atlantis crew that flew into orbit and serviced the Hubble space telescope. I don't know if you remember that. I kind of do. When is she going up? She's going up, um, soon. Well, I bet you she's glad. First of yeah. all, get away from the COVID and like to go yes. somewhere else. To and to go back. She's already been up there. She's, she's been waiting 11 years oh probably. Um, she or she has a doctorate in oceanography oh. from Scripps Institution of Oceanography. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's also another woman. It's uh, in June, NASA announced that another graduate from um, the same university, Kate Rubens, is going to make a return trip to the space station as well. She's 41. Oh, and she spent 115 days on the space station in 2016. She has a bachelor's in microbiology. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Why microbiology? Why is a microbiologist going I, into space? I don't space? know. I have, the, the other woman who went up, uh, Jessica Meyer, she returned. She was in at the space station for 205 days. I can't even imagine. She's 43, and she has her doctorate in marine biology. Uh-oh. What's going so, on? I don't know. I wonder, like... Is this not that it's a back door or side door for for women, but that seems pretty uh, remarkable to me. Oceanography, microbiology, and then they end up going up to the space station. But what that's is not the, what I, I would think it would be more like, uh, you know, roboticists or you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are they? Yeah. What is like a, the focus of the missions? If that's what I don't know, maybe the there's a very small. There very small dolphin up there or something. <laughs> they're examining life. They're looking for the signs of life. Right. But like, just speaking about how, like how far women have come, like these are women who are mature and they're in the game on the space That's station awesome. thing. I think it's awesome. Um, it took me a while to find an, an article that didn't just talk about her husband. Apparently he's a NASA astronaut as well. Oh, and a lot of the articles literally said like, uh, Megan MacArthur, wife of, or just wife of, without her name. Yeah. When she was the news item. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't give a shit about her husband or what he did. You know, <laughs> like I'm sure what he did was great. I was looking for information about her, and he kept popping up. So I uh, refused to commit to memory who he is. Good. Or to read anything about him until I found some articles about her. Good. So pretty cool. She's the uh, she's gonna pilot SpaceX Crew Dragon oh, spacecraft. Wow. Okay. Yep. 
I wonder if she's met Musk. Hmm. I wonder. Or if he's just busy. Maybe. Maybe. He's too busy. Hmm. Yeah, so that's my women in space nice. news. There's some ways um, we can fight burnout and patriarchy at the same time. Oh, I'm too tired. <laughs> I know. I gotta fight patriarchy and oh, burnt no. to a crisp. Patriarchy is those old, like the toxic type of masculinity, those 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 values. And it's gonna be hard to go back out there when the world opens up again because I have effectively been shielded from a lot of racism yeah. and sexism in my house. Right. Right. Yeah, you <laughs> haven't been I choose what I, what kind of media I want, you know to take in. I choose what I'm going to be reading, what I'm watching on television. I have not had a lot of encounters with people. And so when I get back out there, it's going to be a shock. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, so the thing is, if the, the patriarchy can come from man and woman, you yeah. can be, you can have this, this internalized patriarchy as a woman and, and align with those kinds of values, even though it's, not in your own best interest. Yes, the submit to your husband crew. Right. And so a lot of women do that because, you know, they feel like it makes things, either they don't give it a second thought and that's the way it always is, or it's just like it's easier not to fight. And maybe there's, you know, they feel like they're getting a benefit. They have the husband's income and protection and they have a place in the community. So therefore these are the things that they're gaining if they they don't know they can get that with a guy who isn't an asshole <laughs> it's available yeah. i'm just saying like you may have to look you might not be 17 when you find them right like you might have to leave you know your town yeah or your street and experience some things but yeah you can have all of that yeah and and, and still you know yeah and so it's also like our in, in this society uh, not only did you have to women are always expected to give and give and give and never ask for a break or acknowledgement and wear a smile, remain calm in the face of impossible standards. Um, And the issue is worse for women of color and other minorities who live with a whole other set of impossible expectations and rules. I just, I missed the memo on being, I grew up with a mom who I, now I'm realizing how feminist she was. Yeah. I, uh, I missed a lot of these smile nicely things. Oh, (laughs) No, I I did not, but I did not do them. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. it was yeah, there's a lot of backlash for that if you if you don't conform. Yeah, to that but kind the of thing. backlash is worth it. <laughs> no, really, I've never yeah. in my life have I have I stood up for for myself or for whatever. Like it, it's always great. Yeah. I always feel like a champ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I don't get invited back to the party. Yeah. So, I mean, if we practice these things more, maybe the world will see things a little bit differently. Um, resist the message that women need to be nice and strong and polite all the time. Never have any they feelings. They so don't. Yeah. Yeah. Find healthy ways to process your feeling. Like feelings. You can exercise. That's one of the fastest ways like it, to help process your feelings. There's meditation. Um, talking yeah. with friends. Laughing. Cuddling with someone you trust. I just like to say the exercise too. It doesn't have to be about lose weight, burn calories, go to the gym. You could just dance. Yeah. It's about, you know what I mean? You could go out and do something, a physical activity. It doesn't have to be, you know, lift weights. Right. Right. It's about, um, you know, like 
the movement, just like the kind of like just releasing that stagnation, just keeping things fluid. Um, so another thing you can do, you can plan ahead, anticipate problems and write lists and schedule and budget, anticipate and execute. Now you already probably already do this and that's probably yeah, stressing you out even more. Honestly telling women to do that, I was making a list right now. <laughs> so <laughs> you can also schedule a little time for yourself in when you're making your schedule. Don't forget to do that. So if you have yes. your list of 40 things to do, you know, be like this hour's blocked out for me to look out the window. And also realize too that if you don't do all those things, nothing, the world is not going to fall apart. Yeah. Your children will survive. Your partner will survive. Yeah. Your boss or colleague will survive. It's not all resting on you. Yeah. Get over yourself. Right. Um, so reframe challenges as being moments where you might grow and learn, grow, huh? learn and get challenged. You know, it can, <laughs> don't let the man tell you whether you're winning or not. Depending on your own circumstances, it may be easier said than done, but like define success on your own terms. Don't no. First of all, no one should listen to the man. <laughs> really, if, if if you identify someone as the man, get away from them. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Yeah. They're not. They're not even thinking about the other men. Yeah, they are thinking about themselves and themselves only. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Knowing you're doing a hard thing makes it easier to keep going. If it's hard, it's hard if everyone keeps telling you it's no big deal. Um, so at least give yourself the gift of acknowledging the rules are mind-bendingly contrary and expectations are impossibly high. You know, people are just like, just get over it. Just do it. Don't make it out to be a big deal, whatever the thing is. Just be like, you know, it is. It, things are hard, you know, with the way that things are set up. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're able to execute it to the best of your abilities or to, you know, to the level that you want to, mm-hmm. you can feel about it however you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's more about, you know, can can you can you do it? Can you be comfortable with it? Yeah. Um, Who are these other people? I want to smack you. <laughs> um, you know, fight any kind of helplessness by doing something whenever you can, like scream, walk, dance, turn your pain into art. Organize your bookshelves, you know, just, just can do something. Um, reject the billion dollar industry that constantly encourages us to diet in order to shrink ourselves and to otherwise doubt our bodies. Although I say it every once in a while, the best thing I ever did for myself was to stop reading women's magazines. Yeah. All they do is tell you that you're getting old. No shit. Everyone is that you need to buy more stuff yeah to to cover up the fact that you're going through a natural process of aging yeah and they start telling you by the time you're in your your 20s you're you're being told already that you're getting old because the girls in the picture are like starved ukrainians who are like 14 years old right (laughs) and they're telling you you better watch out here's all the different ways you're going to be falling apart and here's how to spend money to stop it and what i particularly uh, don't like and this is more so nowadays I feel like when we were younger everything wasn't as celebrity driven there were models on the covers in the ads there were models yeah now you have a celebrity who is making you know millions of dollars a year off of sponsorships telling you to use a face cream that you know she doesn't use yeah because she's a millionaire yeah <laughs> like it's just not gonna happen. I don't think Eva Longoria 
actually uses L'Oreal. No, she does. I don't think she does either. <laughs> I don't think she does. Oh God. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is very much celebrity driven and, um, and they're telling you so a celebrity whose job it is to look good is somehow trying to convince you that with your limited resources of time that you don't, you don't have a fashion consultant, you don't have a makeup artist that you can look like her yeah. for X amount. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have a, somebody scheduling everything for you and yeah. doing all the drudge work and the cleaning. Eva Longoria probably hasn't touched an eyeshadow palette in a coon's age. <laughs> like it's just not really, she doesn't do her hair and makeup. No. I'm picking on her because I saw her recently in a commercial. Okay. And she so um, first came to mind. Yeah. That's why. There's another thing that we do. Um, you know, we get it. I think it was her. <laughs> Could be anybody. Could be anybody. Um, there's something that we do when we get really, um, like really motivated and inspired with our goals and say, oh, we could do this. We could do this. And you're doing it. And then something happens and your dreams are like crushed. And then you swing mm-hmm. to your, the frustration with the system. And you, so you could go like, this relationship is awesome. I just need to try harder, you know, and it's going to be great yeah. to, you know what? It's hopeless. They'll never change. I'm not good enough at feelings to help make them a better person. It's not my job to change them. Oh, I should change yeah. me. You know? So when you, when you swing back and forth with these feelings, there is, um, there is like in that point when you swing, you like identify that. And so these, these sisters, the Nagoski sisters, they call it a foop. And it's just a silly word for identifying when you're like super positive to like, when you go into that downward spiral, a foop, a foop. Okay. So it's just kind of like, if you can just be aware that you're thinking these things and then you're changing, it's not it helps kind of unmuddle it all. Yeah. I mean, if you're going from extreme, from one extreme to the other, you can guess that it's not grounded in anything realistic. Yeah. Right. Like nothing has happened. Yeah. You're still as awesome or as not awesome as you were five minutes ago. Right. Right. You suddenly didn't discover something that is true. You're just, but to your point of like, I think some, sometimes what women don't and women of color or low-income women, um, <clears throat> women who are sexual minorities, you have to remember sometimes, yes, the system is against you. Yeah. So like sometimes your your hardest, your you know, your hardest try, your best try, it would be good enough if you weren't in a system that didn't support things that you did and didn't actively try to destroy what you're doing. Right. So people have to be aware of that sometimes too. Yeah, that you were already good enough, but you're in a, a system yeah. that is like, yeah. That is not supportive to that. It's not made I for mean, you. I mean, you can look supportive. in the White House and see an example of that. Right. Right. Yes. So let's all let's change everything. Let's fix it all. I like that. Where did you get that from? Where did I get it from? It, it, you mentioned some sisters. Was it? Not, was that? Uh, the, I mean, there was, was a part of a bigger article. Um, it was a Barnes and Noble read. Um, Ten ways to fight burnout and the patriarchy at the same time. Okay. And they um, are talking really about this book called To Burn Out the Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. Ah, okay. So Ooh. these sisters will talk about. So if you're interested in that book, yes, it is by Emily um, and Amelia, their sisters. 
Yeah, that's what I was interested in. Nagoski. I thought I heard you say the sisters something. Nagoski sisters, yes. So these are different like things it. that they, they talk about in their book. And um, yeah, so we've got our work cut out for us. But you know what? We stand on the shoulders of so many awesome women who have come before us. And yes, I'm, I'm standing on some of their feet as well, probably. <laughs> and so we'll just continue keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, Leto, the original Greek wolf goddess. Oh, okay. She was believed to have the ability to shift into the form of a wolf. Nice. Uh, sometimes she was said to have been a she-wolf. And so it's linked to Lycia, which is wolf country. She's She honored and adored wolves because they were thought to have provided her assistance in times of need. I think there is something to be said. There's some kind of weird connection, I think, between wolves and women. Uh-huh. Not sure what it is, but I just thought I'd give a shout out to Leto the she-wolf. Nice. All right, um, Leto, she-wolf. Yeah. Um, be with us all. We are the women. Yeah. We are the women that run with wolves, right? Isn't there? Uh, sort of, yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm not sure what culture that comes from. I don't know, I'm, I'm the I'm the woman that watches wolves run. Yeah, there was the book "Women That Run with Wolves." Oh, about- I never read that. See, I'm I'm a bad. I I filed it under bad feminist. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's some things that I'm like, oh, I should have. You can't read them read all. That. You can't read everything. I know, but it's like that stuff. It's like Audrey Lord. I'm like, yeah, I read some of it. Someone photocopied some of it for me. Like, yeah. I <laughs> I haven't read all the to- you know, the Tony Morrison. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy reading the Scandinavian mystery. That's all right. Yeah, you do whatever yeah. you want to do. You get that. That's all. That's a a part of it. Do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever right. you want, everyone. Happy women. Yeah, just do Go women. Thing. Happy. What's the day? Actually, it's women's. Uh, it's. I think it's August twenty second. Uh, no, August twenty sixth is the day that we got the right to vote. Ah, so we're celebrating. A hundred years of the vote. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't vote for any of this. <laughs> voted no. I voted no too. All right. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Hello. In the previous episode of Hey You Know What, I mentioned that my husband was a Republican and he would like me to add that, like many of our friends who happen to be Republicans, he in no way supports Trump or the Trump administration and he wanted you to know that.